Welcome to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood, hosted by Jean Natali, co-founder and CEO of Troutwood. Watching Trees Grow is here to help Gen Z plant the seed for a sustainable and stable financial future. If you'd like to discover more from Troutwood, our speaker series is designed to work side-by-side with the Troutwood suite of investment, educational, and financial planning tools. Please visit troutwood.com to learn more. Now, here's Jean Natali. Welcome to Troutwood Live, episode seven. I'm Gene Natale with Troutwood. Every company and every person has a story. and We as individuals can learn a lot by listening to those stories. For anyone joining us for the first time, each week we host a guest from a company in the S&P 500. Students in classrooms across the country research that company and that guest. It is a wonderful learning opportunity. Uh, and Each week I learn something new. I'm certain today will be no different. I get the uh, the pleasure and the privilege of seeing the presentation and meeting the guests beforehand. And now um, I'll say in capital letters, today's presentation is going to be amazing. Before introducing our guests, we also have a guest host, a very special guest host, Sophia Shetty. Sophia, welcome to Troutwood Live. Hi. Sophia, would you do us the honor of briefly introducing yourself? Yes, my name is Sophia Shetty, and I'm in seventh grade in Moon Area Middle School, and I'm an aspiring entrepreneur. Sophia, thank you. That um, correlates quite well with today's guest. Sophia is going to be helping us with with questions. Uh, our guest company today is Helmet Aerospace, and our guest hails from Pittsburgh, Angel. Oglia, and I'm going to brag about Angel very quickly uh, so that, that before she does, so she doesn't have to, um, Angel was recognized in 2020 as a rising star by the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Uh, Angel, congratulations on that recognition. Thank you. Angel, could you um, also do us the honor just of a very brief introduction? Sure. Um, I'm the IT director for one of the business unit segments of Hummet Aerospace, the Hummet Structured Systems business unit. And I've been with the company for about 25 and a half years. And Hummet, I won't steal the thunder from where it goes, but a very interesting, when I saw the preview display page that Jay had put on our YouTube channel, it was a picture of an F-35. Yes. Uh, and I understand we're going to be talking about a little bit about the F-35. A very little bit about it. <laughs> a very little bit. And just like to our students who, who listened in last week, we had this similar conversation. So it's interesting the way kind of things work. We'll tie that in. Uh, as Angel and I were preparing for this episode, she had specifically asked that we use the term budget as our finance term of the week. Each week we, we educate on one term. We're going to show our video for the finance term budget. Translator, what is a budget? Translator, loading. So a budget is a plan for saving and spending money as we view it as individuals. Angel, I'd like to ask how you define budget in your current role. In my current role and all previous roles, I define budget the same way that you did. Um, When I was going into a management role, 
my director, my, my supervisor said, okay, you're going to get a budget and you have to manage it. And I said, uh, well, you know, I'm an IT person, not a business person. And they said, everybody's a business person because when you're working with a budget, it's pretty much how you would run your household is how you run this department. And so how I run my household is I figure out my income that's, and I figure out my cost. And so based on that, I figure out how, how to spend and how much I save each month. And that's how it works for our department. There are some different accounting terms that they teach you, but they're very analogous to how you probably run the money that you have in your savings account or your checking account or both. I like the analogy you gave exactly how we run our budgets for our households. Are there any secret tips you might be able to share based on that big, I'm assuming the budget that you work with at work is very large compared to the budget that we work with as individuals, but maybe there's a, a secret tip you could share. Yeah, it is larger than, it's significantly larger than my household budget, <laughs> but the, the principles still apply. So they, they taught us, um, it, it's pretty much categories. They break our budget into categories, just like we have utilities at home. We have um, our salary. We have those types of things. So the salary equates to people. The um, utilities equates to like telecommunications costs or hardware, software costs and um, travel costs. So those, it's, it's very analogous and you just have different categories that you equate to it, but it's pretty much all the same basic principle. You spend money, you save money. And don't spend more than your budget, right? That is correct. You are not supposed to spend more than your budget. Um, sometimes that does happen, but just like what's a little bit different is, you know, how we all have our own household in a company, a department has peer departments and there's usually somebody who oversees those peer departments. So if there's a budget that has some challenges, then possibly somebody in another department can help offset it. Right. So that's how it works. You know, because sometimes even like in a household, you get hit with an unexpected expense, an unexpected cost, you know. And so if you're lucky enough to have some good credit, you you figure out how to get through that that hit for a month or so. Right. That's a very powerful learning outcome to all of our educators listening. It, it is often it's the unexpected events that derail our budgets at home and I think probably the same can be said for corporations. Right. Before Angel dives into her presentation, we have a fantastic video that Helmet has shared and that I think is going to, to set up our conversation. Let's take a look at that video. To, to any of our guests who are audio only and not video, make a point of watching that video. Uh, Sophia, can I throw you, what did you think when you saw that video? What emotion did you feel? amazed it's just so beautifully composed and it really does display what the company is all about on a scale of zero to ten what would you feel like the excitement level is when you see a video like of the company when you see that video a ten that's well, just a beautiful go. way to introduce a company 
Um, Angel, thank you. Let, let's dive into your presentation and then we'll, as always, we'll be monitoring the live chat for questions and, and have some prepared questions for you. Okay. All right. So, um, Sheen, I'm assuming everyone can see this. Looks fantastic on my screen, Angel. Okay. So I will talk then to um, Hamet about Hamet Aerospace. So Hamet Aerospace is the 2021 Helmet Aerospace Company of Choice. That's what we're hoping as we've gone through some changes in our with our company, which will be shown at the next slide. But you see we have about an 80 plus year history, which with a major presence in jet engines. We lead, uh, we have a leading position in key aerospace and commercial transportation markets, and we work with a across a number of blue chip customer bases. You'll see those in the future slides. So we have some different differentiated technologies with process know-how and some mission critical suppliers, as you saw the F-35 Jet Strike Fighter. Okay. So our company history is pretty interesting. We were originally Alcoa. We were founded in 1888 and we were a leading aluminum producer. And then the company separated into Arconi, as now happened in 2015. And then April 1st of last year, we became Helmet Aerospace. And so the legacy company still exists. And if you look, you can still see Alcoa and Arconic on the market. And now you see us, Helmet Aerospace. Okay. So we're a $7.1 billion revenue, and that's in 2019. We had our earnings call today, and it's a little bit less because of the COVID impact that happened to our business. As you know, we are a commercial airspace, and we are also jet engines. So a lot of traveling didn't occur in 2020 because of the COVID crisis that hit our world. But you can Brad, see. Go ahead. You're our first guest to directly mention COVID. Can I just interject and ask what the impact has been on you, maybe even personally, as well as your comments there? Oh, yeah, sure. So I became the IT director in mid-December of 2019. And as the IT director, and you'll see I have about 13 locations, We, I was able to travel to one of our key production manufacturing plants in Niles in Cleveland. And I was planning to travel to other locations and I have yet to see some of the other locations that I support. And so um, we weren't, we, everyone I'm sure, as you know, had to do some remote activities. And so we were no different. So now I spend most of my work <laughs> here in my home office and I, we, we use Zoom and, um, actually we use teams microsoft teams in order to contain uh, to continue our teaming activities but yeah we do, we're not doing as much traveling and um, it's very restrictive has there been a favorite remote uh, task or event that has taken some of that taken the place of that face to face time um yeah we spoke earlier so as you all saw i was the 2020 cio rising star of the year through a Pittsburgh Technology Council. That would have been an activity that where a lot of IT individuals were brought together, we teamed, we collaborated and everything. But as it turned out, we did that through, um, you, know, you know, remotely. And the Pittsburgh Technology Council 
they did a great job of working to make it as successful as they could um, from a from a teaming perspective. You know, sometimes it's I, I said it felt like the Oscars, which was pretty cool because I got the award and I was all excited. Uh, However, it didn't feel like the Oscars because no red carpet. <laughs> so yeah. It's a COVID has taught us all a fast lesson. Yeah, it really has. And and you guys, I'm sure, experienced the same. Uh, remote learning has sort of been in place. I know a lot of schools were doing hybrid. And so that was an opportunity to still, you know, be with your friends and interact. Uh, but primarily, there's a lot of remote activities that are happening. So companies, students, educators, parents, we all had to adjust. Right. So, so this is who we are now. Um, the aerospace, commercial aerospace, uh, we, we did take a hit, but the defense aerospace has helped us because we continue to, to do uh, production for that. Commercial transportation, our wheels, that has really seen an uptick. And we do some other um, industrial and other activities to help balance our portfolio. But you see, we're a 26,000 people organization across 61 locations in 11 countries. Okay. So, as I said, there are four segments within Hamed Aerospace the engine products, engineered structures, fastening systems, and forge wheels. I am the IT director for the engineered structures. We are a global leader in the aerospace US defense structures. And so our select customers include Boeing, Airbus, and Lockheed. But because we are in aerospace, you'll see some of uh, very common names, right? So fastening systems, they work also with the same individuals. Forged wheels is our transportation segment. They primarily do forged aluminum for commercial vehicle wheels like the trucks. And then engines, well, they do jet engine parts for both commercial and defense. So you see who um, some of their customers are. Angel, is, are, are you associated with one of these four silos or does your work? Yeah, this one is mine. Engineered structures? Mm-hmm, yeah. So I am the IT director for the engineered structures and you'll see a slide. Um, that talks through that. So my business unit is a $1.3 billion business. And we do we are a manufacturer, manufacturer of multi-material engineered products and solutions. So these are solutions for the aerospace and defense markets. Again, you know, commercial aerospace and defense aerospace, planes in essence. We collaborate with military and business partners for to uh, to develop lighter, faster, stronger multi-material solutions. Our multi-material includes titanium, uh, we do aluminum, and we have some nickel-based, okay? And metallurgically advanced lightweight multi-material solutions are used for mission-critical applications. Our students that are, are listening, have this whole big great world at their fingertips in terms of what they want to be. Uh, mm -hmm. This is really neat because the pictures that I see on the screen are very engineering based, very metals based. And your role is the director of IT. 
T of technology overseeing it? Are you able to just give a little insight to the student audience of what a day looks like and how that maybe conversation is bridged between the, the pictures that we see? Uh, sure, mostly. So for example, at one of my locations, uh, right now we're working through a computer that runs the, that helps assist in running the furnace, right? And so there are furnaces that melt the metals and do all of that. One of the computers isn't functioning correctly. And so my team is on the floor helping the engineers get the computer back into, into place. Our business users, users use the computer you know to to run spreadsheets to um, like accounting to uh, do purchase orders and invoices so from a from that perspective my team will assist business users the um, other members of my team we do application support and so what that means is we help users whether they be engineers whether they be researchers whether they be business users help to ensure that the application is working on their either personal computer or on the larger servers that house that application and then we interact with the corporate team and they manage networks they manage the wide area network and local area networks that help the the community be productive um in and every day at work i mean so it we're using it right now and so pretty much everybody needs it in order to do their business in 2021. The, the one word that's echoing in my mind listening is teamwork and the importance of teamwork. Agreed. Yep. Thank you. Okay. So, so then um, I'll talk a little bit about me. There, this is pretty verbose, but it's my bio. And the gist of it is that I have been with Alcoa for 25 and a half years. And then again, I went as part of the separation, the first separation, I was employed at Arconic. And then as part of the second separation, I was put as uh, I was put into the Hummet Aerospace area. So over those years, what I've done is primarily hold positions in IT. You can see that I've been um, in management for about 23 of those 25 years, and I've held a number of positions. One of the things that is different in that you'll see that my career, about a third of the positions that I've held, I created. And part of it is because I, I like the entrepreneurial activities, and in a large corporation, we call ourselves intrapreneurs. And what we do is we find opportunities for new technologies or new business. So many of the, the positions I held, I created. I wrote the job description and I created the business for it, the department. So I'm pretty lucky in that regard. Um, and that's a cool thing that I've been able to do in a larger company and with the support of my management. Entrepreneur is a word that we don't hear very often. Can I ask Angel to just elaborate on what you mean by that? Sure, so an entrepreneur, as you know, they is a business startup person. They, they see a problem or a business opportunity and they create a business with it. Intrapreneurs 
are within the organization and they do a very similar thing. They see an opportunity or a problem statement and then they they work and they pitch it in order to create a, an opportunity. So uh, one of the things that you'll see, I'll point it out here, is that I am now the IT director for the helmet structure systems. But before that, I was the North America SMO divestiture director after initially starting the corporate smart manufacturing department. That was an opportunity that I had that I pitched to my management and they supported. And so they created this department. Unfortunately, sometimes what happens is the um, strategy of the company changed. And so I, that funding got abandoned. And so I became the North America SMO and divestiture director role. And so then after that, I became the IT director and we are, you know, working again towards smart manufacturing because what happens is, and you'll see this in life in general, that you're working towards something and then you have to adjust just like we did for COVID and focus in order to make sure things go okay during this, these challenging times. And Jean, you said it yourself, when you get, um, when something unexpected happens, you just pivot, figure out how to deal. Hmm. Schools do a really great job of discussing what it means to be an entrepreneur. You just don't hear entrepreneur mentioned as much as it should because companies are comprised of many entrepreneurs, i.e. entrepreneurs by how we, we define the term. Um, I read a book, Angel, The Lean Startup, and it identified exactly that. Whether you work for the government, whether you work for a corporation, whether you work for yourself, it's up here that's so important in how you, how you view that day to day. Well, and especially in 2021 and earlier, you, you all have seen how quickly things can change, right? Mm -hmm. Technology changes quickly. Um, the, the industries change quickly. The climate changes quickly. And so it's just, it's really, I think, fundamental that you think, okay, this changed, what do I need to do? How do I adapt pretty quickly? So. And, and we were talking beforehand and, and Sophia, you had mentioned that you are, would like to be an entrepreneur someday. Had you heard the term entrepreneur before, Sophia? I have never heard the term entrepreneur before. Well, I don't know if yeah, I just haven't come across it or if it's just not mentioned enough. Now you know and now all of our students now watching and listening know. A Angel, would it be okay if we dove into um, some Q&A? Sure. So we'll dive right into that to the Q&A. Sophia has some prepared questions and as well as some questions I know that she she sent me a, a chat saying, can I ask some more questions? That was really awesome what Angel was saying. Uh, Sophia, take it away with our first question. Yes. Were the lightweight materials Helmet uses to build aerospace products used for any other industry or were they specifically designed for that use? Are you, can you hear me okay, Sophia? Yep, loud and yeah. clear. Okay. So many of the lightweight materials and products that we use um, are used in a number of other industries. 
In addition to the aluminum application in commercial transportation and automotive, they, um, we have titanium, which is used extensively in defense applications. And it has many applications in medical devices, sporting goods, racing applications. So uh, titanium is a lightweight material. It's getting a lot of, of interest. Okay. Okay. Does Helmet have any women working on the technology of current aerospace products? We do. We have a number of women. They work in the quality department. We have a woman who leads one of our largest plant locations in Cleveland. We have um, a woman who is a works in the NALS melt engineering area department, I guess. And we have um, somebody who works in new product development. And we have somebody who works in global supply chain. So there are a lot of women in our business. Wow. If someone wants to design products for Helmet, should they major in mechanical engineering in college? Well, actually, a lot of our engineers have a variety of backgrounds. We have industrial engineers, we have mechanical engineers, we have metallurgical engineers, we have aerospace engineers, we have chemical engineers, we have electrical engineers. So I think you can, you know, we have a number of engineers. We also have non-engineering disciplines, but science disciplines like a chemistry, um, you know, chemistry major. So. Angel, I find that such a okay. powerful answer because students can pursue dreams so many different ways. There's so many paths available to young minds. Yes, I did agree with that. It's very broad, all the different subjects. Is the testing of helmet products done in Pittsburgh and do conduct any of the testing? Um the the testing is not done in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is primarily a business location, but at my in my business unit, our labs are located at NALS, Cleveland, and in Washington, and that's where we do some of our testing. After Helmet designs aerospace parts, how long does it take for the technology to be approved and put on the final product? Well, our parts are used in airplanes, so they have a pretty rigorous process. So um, depending on the product, the development life cycle can take several years before re we're ready to qualify the product. Qualification demonstrates that we're able to meet the customer requirements, and it can take between three months and a year. The overall development timeline for a new aircraft or jet engine is driven by our customers. That and you saw who they were, Boeing, Airbus, GE, Pratt and Whitney. And so that can take typically five to seven years or as long as 10 years. Wow. How did Helmet become successful? I'm sorry? How, why did Helmet become so successful? Um, I don't know why. I guess they were smart business people and they recognized the need and they they deliver quality products. They deliver them cost effectively and on time. And so I think that's generally how businesses become very successful. 
and they stuck with it. Helmet has been around for a long time at the company's foundation, that is. Yes, since Why was Helmet? What was the initial goal that was wanted to be achieved? Uh, what was the initial goal for the creation of Helmet? Yes. Uh, I think the objective was to to again become the aerospace company of choice. And so what the business leaders decided is that in order to do that, we focused and we continue to focus on delivering quality products that are cost effective and um, are on time delivered so that people can plan accordingly. And in your presentation, Angel, I saw a lot of ones and twos under those various um, business silos you shared. Sophia, do you have a final question for Angel? Yes, I have a few more. Okay. When you were in college, how many women were in your class? Oh, yeah. Well, when I was in college, there were not a lot of women. And even today, I don't see a lot of women sometimes because I, I think there's maybe a hesitation about going into the field. You know, I liked math and I liked science. And so that's partly why I chose the area that I did. I mean, actually, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I went to college. And I worked in a restaurant and one of my friends said about this new career that was really starting. So I went in and and I had a knack for it and I liked it. And so that's sort of how that happened. And at the time, there weren't many of us. It continues to grow. And so I think that's that's really cool. But, and my final question okay. is, how did you overcome the 2008 recession? Oh, how did I overcome the 2008 recession? Helmet. Helmet? Well, uh, you know, in, in overcoming recessions and challenges in our business and our climate, it's, again, the same principles that you do when you manage your household and things aren't really certain. So you, you limit how much you spend and you focus on what you can control and you try to make sure that you're staying productive and working to achieve the objectives that your leadership puts out there. And when the world starts making things a little crazy and you just focus on what you can control, um, our leadership continues to, to do that because all you can do is, again, try your best to, to make sure that you're delivering a quality product on time and on budget. That is very intuitive. Those were all my questions. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Sophia, thank you also. Uh, Angel, I'm going to jump to uh, the Troutwood map here for a moment, just so we can fly in and uh, just find a helmet. Because in line with this conversation, I think our fun fact is particularly relevant. Each year, Helmet Aerospace grants more than $7 million to its nonprofit partners that provide STEM education, which is uh, just so powerful and so fun. 
Uh, and for anyone in your students that are curious about some of the, the terms that both Angel and Sophia mentioned, or that just want to explore what it would be like to find a job or a career with such a great company, you can explore and learn more. Angel, I want to give you the final comments and I, with a question. What do you have to say to people like me who are looking to go in direction of like fields like STEM or finance? What do you have to say to them? I would encourage you to do well in school to if you're doing STEM, I mean, you know what the acronym stands for. So, you know, focus on those areas and uh, just do well in school. And um, I, I would say, keep trying stuff and see what you do well um, and what you don't do well, and then work through that. That is very interesting. thank you. Mm-hmm. Angel, thank you. Sophia, thank you. To our educators, our students that are so, watching and listening, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Travel With Live. <laughs> You're welcome. You've been listening to Watching Trees Grow, presented by Troutwood. Don't forget to subscribe both to our podcast and our YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in learning more about Troutwood, please visit us at troutwood.com or follow us on social media. A special thank you to our guests today and our host, Jean Natale. Our producers are Jeff Davidek, Maggie Mayer, and me, Kristen Malone. This podcast is not intended to provide legal, investment, or tax advice on any of the topics we've covered. Thanks for listening. Join us next time on another great episode of Watching Trees Grow.